continue with Jhumpa Lahiri's short stories and a series of lectures that accompany them. Hope you are enjoying these stories. Uh, it's, it's been fun for me to go back through them. Uh, I've read these, these stories many, many times. I just, I just love, I'm very impressed with uh, Jhumpa Lahiri's way with words. So the story we're going to look at here, A Real Derwan. But before I do that, opening music by Lambert called Sweet Apocalypse. <laughs> uh, this is more from that Spotify album, Atmospheric Piano. Uh, again, that has been a nice, nice way to read along and have some music in the background as I uh, go through these stories. So a real Durwan starts in this way. Bori Ma, sweeper of the stairwell, had not slept in two nights. So the morning before the third night, she shook the mites out of her bedding. She shook the quilts once underneath the letterboxes where she lived, then once again at the mouth of the alley, causing the crows who were feeding on vegetable peels to scatter in several directions. All right, so uh, the story, this first paragraph is interesting, again, revealing quite a few things as often, um, as, as these first paragraphs often do in Lahiri's tales. Buri Ma is the subject of this story. And uh, as we look at her her life and her personality and her, her doings and actions, uh, they are placed in contrast to the lives around her, the people who live in this apartment building uh, where she has taken up residence. She's really more of a transient figure, right? Someone who uh, is a refugee who's come over from... Um, well, we don't really know where from. She talks about having come from East Bengal um, or East of Bengal into this city of Calcutta. She talks about a past life. Um, and so we have some tensions here between uh, her past, which she describes as being um, full of wealth, um, comfortable, many financial and uh, yeah, many comforts that come uh, from her financial uh, well, well-off uh, situation, financially well-off. But here she has lost everything as a, as a refugee. She had to flee her country, and all she came across the border with were bracelets, uh, whereas before she had servants and a home and so forth. Of course, we don't know if all of this is true because as the, as the narrator kind of goes through the story, uh, the narrator is uncertain as well. And so we know about as much as the people living in the apartment who have allowed Bori Ma to live in their stairwell or at the bottom of their stairwell. Um, I, I, I've seen quite a bit of this, um, having traveled through um, Mumbai and Calcutta, um, where the transient population and the residential population seem to kind of mix and flow with very little conflict, which I find really fascinating. Um, here in the States, at least my experience here in Southern California is different. Um, we see this transient population as a real problem, as, uh, as people who are often you know, in drugs or often um, in theft, uh, some kind of violence. Um, there's a lot of mistrust of the transient population by and large here in Southern California. Whereas, it seems to me, and I, again, I've only traveled through parts of India uh, short periods of time, two, three weeks at a time. Um, but what I've seen is, is people often have 
a place where they regularly go. Uh, the folks who are homeless um, regularly station themselves in certain parts of the city. And it seems to me that they are cared for uh, in the same way that Bori Ma is cared for, although she obviously is thrown out at the end um, and she is rejected. Before that, it, it, that, that's something that I feel like I've seen in India, and that's a difference that we I've seen here in Southern California. So here, Bori Ma, again, uh, a refugee, has taken up residence at the bottom of the stairwell um, in exchange for sweeping and caring for uh, the apartment. Uh, she serves as a durwan, which is like a like a like a doorkeeper or um, yeah, like a doorkeeper, a bellhop. Uh, you'd see those in some high end apartment buildings. This is not high end, and so they don't have a real durwan. They have borima. Um, the part of the tragedy of this story, obviously, is uh, the fact that Borima has won the trust and the respect, in many ways, um, of the people in the apartment building. Uh, her integrity uh, has been tested and tried, and, and she has proven one that can be trusted. She has cared for the people in the building in a way that has allowed her to move freely in and out of different apartments at different times. Uh, she is often handed cups of tea and she's often cared for, right? Um, she has built up a rapport uh, with the people in the building that, that seems to really move and flow nicely. Well, the tragedy comes, though, and it begins in a very interesting, kind of unexpected way when Mr. Dalal comes home with a big raise. And that's that's a beautiful thing, right? He, he all of a sudden, um, has been blessed with uh, a big uh, upgrade, um, uh, a, an advancement in his job, and he will now be able to buy some new things, and he's able to afford new things. And so what does he do? But he brings home these big sinks, these big wash basins, one for his apartment, and the second he decides to put at the bottom of the stairwell for the rest of the apartment um, residents. Well, ironically, this boost in wealth, this boost in, um, I don't know, what's the term there? It's boost in wealth, I guess, as well. I'll just stick with that. This boost in wealth causes all kinds of problems, right? Um, people begin to be jealous, and there's a lot of uh, insecurities that rise from this, and in some ways, uh, a rise in greed. The consequences of greed um, really are what ruin the peace of this apartment and are what ruin um, the once seemingly peaceful relationship these people have, even with Bori Ma. You see this on page 79, where the people begin to talk, right? Among the wives, however, resentment quickly brewed, standing in line to brush their teeth in the mornings. Each grew frustrated with having to wait her turn, for having to wipe the faucets after every use, and for not being able to leave her own soap and toothpaste tube on the basin's narrow periphery. The Dalals had their own sink. Why did the rest of them have to share? So human greed, um, desire is kind of sparked by this new affluence that the Dalals are experiencing. And it ruins their peace. It ruins their sense of contentment. Um, what are the forces at play in society that challenge our contentment, that challenge our peace? Um, often it is these these unseen kind of elements, these, uh, 
these things that ignite our pride or our arrogance or our greed that begin making us want something that we never really needed to begin with. And, uh, and that is kind of the story of human greed, isn't it? Um, I remember years ago, uh, my little boy, Jack was talking with his cousin <laughs> and uh, his cousin asked him, what do you, what do you want? For, what do you want for Christmas? And, and my little boy, Jack, I think he was like four at the time. And Jack said, um, I don't know. I, I, I have, I have a new bike and I have good stuff. I, I don't know if I need anything. And, uh, and my nephew, <laughs> God bless him. He was a little boy too. He said, you need to start watching more TV and commercials, and then you can figure out what you want. Ugh, it was like terrible. And so I had a little conversation with my son later. I was like, that's not a good idea. That's not what you're going to do. Um, you have great things and you're really content and that's, that's a blessing. And so do I. And, and we're very happy with what we have. We don't need to watch commercials, right? Well, the truth of the matter is we're often unhappy uh, discontent because of the commercials around us, because of the, the media coming after us, telling us what we should desire. When often we're quite content, um, even, even without knowing those things, we're quite content until we start looking around at those around us and we get jealous of what others have. But, but without having seen that, those needs were never on our own horizon. Um, so a lot of the things that we're greedy for, uh, we're greedy for them because of outside input that really is pretty meaningless. So uh, this this story builds on this whole idea of greed as a toxic influence, uh, jealousy as a toxic influence in the community. How do we avoid this? Uh, that's that's a question for the ages. Um, what else? We have uh, the pressures to assimilate into a new economic culture. That's a, an idea that I jotted down about this story. There's pressure to assimilate into a new economic culture. Um, as, the, as the rise in affluence around the other apartment people um, begins to ruin their peace, right? And they want to assimilate into this new affluence as opposed to just keeping things the way they are. There was peace, why change it? Um, a certain sense of simplicity is affirmed through this negative situation. There was a certain simplicity beforehand that was ruined as people began to try to assimilate into this new economic affluence or this new economic culture. The story also points out a certain lack of interpersonal understanding. People don't have uh, a real intimate relationship with one another, and so their relationships are fragile and easily upended. So Bori Ma is thrown out because she is suspected of having notified thieves of this new sink at the bottom of the stairwell. We know as readers that she is innocent of this. She has left because of the traffic of all the improvements and all the handymen that are coming and working on the apartments. And so she kind of is pushed out to the fringes. Uh, the people are unaware of her struggles. They are unaware of, of her experience. And so they are un unable to extend her empathy, understanding, or any help. The story also kind of points at the ambiguity of human connection. Um, what is it that allows us to forge significant human connection? What is it? It's, it's conversation. It's not money. Uh, what are the things that are, are truly valuable in our lives? It's not more sinks. It's not more cars. It's not more um, uh, 
high high thread high thread count sheets and uh, and bedding, um, as it seems to suggest in this story, but rather it's the it's the high quality of the relationships that we have around us. These are the things that we truly value, and we can try to stuff our lives with with material possessions, but this story seems to suggest or it seems to suggest that all those things will only further blind us and cloud our vision um, for what really matters and what really is fulfilling. Hopefully you're enjoying some boosted depth of relationship during this time of isolation and that this story be an encouragement to you to so deeply, so deeply into the things that matter, which are relationships and the intimacy we have with family and friends. God bless you guys. Talk to you later.